As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Pitts. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about Chipotle. And I'll be talking about a horrible accident. Ooh, question mark? Question mark? (laughs) You want to make an announcement right off the top? I sure do. Baby Watch 2019 is over. We got a baby. Woo! (laughs) He is, he's the cutest and the sweetest. Uh, So Kyla gave birth and um, gave birth to a little boy named Henry. So cute. He's so cute. I texted Brandy a picture of him wearing a onesie that she got him, and somehow she made it all about her. So I don't know. (laughs) That doesn't sound like me at all. Welcome to the world, baby Henry. Yeah. Congratulations, Kyla, Jay, and Alexandra. Yeah. Oh. All right, now let's talk about some crime. Okay. <laughs> I got so excited there. No, I'm going to start off right off the bat by disappointing someone very much. Oh. So this week, someone uh, on Twitter reached out to us, and I thought this was just a really funny tweet. So her name's Jessica. She's been following us for a while. And she goes, darn you, let's go to court. First, you went after Subway, and now I can't eat there anymore because of what I learned about them. Now it's McDonald's. If you go after Chipotle next, I don't know what I'll do. Oh, shit. So I just want to say it right off the bat. I did not see this tweet and intentionally go after Chipotle. (laughs) But then I came across a Chipotle story, and I was like, oh, that's funny. Oh, sorry, Jessica. Gotta do it. (laughs) So here we go. A story about Chipotle. Um, I want to thank Pablo Lopez from the Fresno Bee for his excellent reporting. Jeanette Ortiz was a great employee. By 2015, she'd been working at the Chipotle in Fresno, California for 14 years. Wow. Yeah. That's a long-ass time at Chipotle. I know. That's like dog years, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be, be really here rough. for 14 years, but in Chipotle years, that's 87. The toll that takes on your colon is just (laughs) hard to believe. So she worked about 50 hours a week as the general manager. She always got great performance reviews. She earned about $72,000 a year. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, she'd been there for a long time. Yep. And she was up for a promotion. If she got this promotion, she'd be making like $100,000 a year. But in the fall of 2014, things got weird. One day, the armored car that always came to swap out the big bills for the smaller ones, 
didn't show up. Mm-hmm. So Chipotle had an extra $626 laying around. Some sources said 636, others said 626. I say, who cares? 600 bucks. Okay. So Jeanette did what she thought was right. She took that money, put it in a manila envelope, sealed it, stapled it. She reached out to the corporate office, let them know that they had this extra cash, let them know the amount, and then she put the money in the safe, mm-hmm. which was right in front of a surveillance camera. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Good way to go? Yeah, it seems like proper procedure. Mm-hmm. Then, in December, Jeanette filed a workers' comp claim. She was suffering from carpal tunnel syndrome, which was an on-the-job in- injury. Yeah. I wasn't able to get a lot of info on that, but, you know. Well, they hand make all that guac, so. Well, and I think that's, like, it was just, like, legit. Yeah, yeah. repetitive motion. Yeah. Yeah. So she needed to take medical leave to recover. Jeanette's bosses weren't happy about her taking time off. In fact, she says that her immediate supervisor, Janelle Schrader, told her to go back to her doctor and downplay her injury so that she could come back to work. What? That's what she says happened. It's not great. No. But Jeanette didn't want to do that. She had carpal tunnel syndrome. It was really bad, and she needed to take time off to get better. Yeah. Which, by the way, I hate it when companies do that. Like, yeah. they, they know you're sick. They know you're you're injured. There's something wrong. And they're like, well, but um, Good what, you- a, what about what we need yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah. I left a job because I was super sick. That's right. So when I was a district manager for a chain of salons, like, that's when I was diagnosed with Graves disease Mm -hmm. but there was a long period before I was diagnosed where they didn't really know what was wrong with me and I was super super sick and I was going to the doctor constantly and I had to get all of these tests done and yeah my boss was not super awesome about it he didn't like me taking off time from work he kept adding responsibility to me even though I could barely handle like my own job responsibilities like he wanted me to watch other markets in addition to mine and it ended up being way too much stress, and I ended up quitting my job over it. Yeah. 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 I have nothing that compares to that. <laughs> but I will tell you, one time, one time I remember um, we were just working crazy hours. Yeah. And I got sick, as as sometimes happens when, yeah. when you're working crazy hours and not taking care of yourself. So I took a sick day. I'd never taken a sick day in that job before. Yeah. And, you know, I came in the next day and I wasn't feeling great, but I was I was fine. And my boss was like, can you do this, that, the other thing? And he tried to get me to make up those extra eight hours yeah. for the rest of the week. And it's yeah. like, no, dude, that's why I got sick. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Anyway, old wounds. Yeah. Whew. Deep cuts, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, my story is a lot tougher than what you went through. (laughs) You know, they have this kind of uncomfortable moment, but Jeanette was dedicated to her job. So she decided she was going to continue working through January 18th. And at that point, she'd go on medical leave. Then on January 3rd, 2015, Jeanette discovered that the 600 and something odd dollars that she'd put in the safe Mm -hmm. were missing. So she texted her boss along with two other people who were like higher up in the hierarchy. And she told them, hey, the money's missing from the safe. She was like, 
Last time I saw it in there was December 30th. Now it's gone. Mm -hmm. The higher-ups were very concerned. So they sent in another manager who went in and reviewed the footage from the surveillance camera. The manager looked over everything and afterward delivered some stunning news. According to that manager, the footage showed that on December 29th, Jeanette took the money out of the safe and put it in her backpack. What? Jeanette was a thief. No. Why no? Well, because she said she saw it on the 30th. And first of all, she wouldn't take it out of the safe and put it in her backpack. She knows there's a surveillance camera right there. Uh Uh-huh. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Show me the tape. Very good question. Where is that tape? I don't know. Where is it? (laughs) (laughs) So Jeanette was just like floored by this accusation. She's like, no, 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 no. That's not true. I didn't steal any money. And please, if you're saying there's surveillance footage of me stealing, then show it to me. Yeah. I want to see it. That's against company policy, ma'am, where you can Oh my god, show it you are you. so well versed in corporate <laughs> bullshit. Yes. That is exactly what they said. They were like, "Sorry, no. This is an ongoing investigation. We are not able to show you that surveillance footage." Oh my footage. god, you are so good at this. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the corporate world, Kristen. But I just, I'm floored by that. Like, why wouldn't you show the footage? If there's footage, then there's footage. Because there's not footage, Kristen. Okay, fair. (laughs) So while Jeanette was out on medical leave, they fired her. Mm -hmm. Was she on FMLA when they fired her? I believe so, yeah. Hmm, Illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is it... FMLA, that's family medical. Uh-huh. Okay. But what if it's when it's for your that's own your personal? Same. Oh, that's, okay. Yes. Clearly, I didn't spend much time in the corporate world. <laughs> Jeanette was so upset. She'd been a loyal, dedicated employee for 14 87 years. Chipotle <laughs> years. <laughs> she was up for a promotion. And this thing about, oh, we have the footage, but we can't show you the footage, just smelled like bullshit. Mm-hmm. So she said... You know what? Let's go to court! (laughs) She sued Chipotle for wrongful termination and emotional distress. And Chipotle was like, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hold on. Hold on. on. We don't need to go to trial here. Everybody just calm down. How about this? How about this? We will settle with you for the grand total of... $1,000. What? Can you imagine having that kind of amount of money? And that's life-changing, Brandy. I mean, she'll Yeah, life-changing that she's going to lose her house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they offer her. They're like, we see the situation. Let's make this fair. $1,000. What? That is ridiculous. She made $72,000 a year. Okay, that's what cracks me up about this is $72,000 a year. By the way... She has nine children. Like, oh, shit. I know, I know. $1,000 isn't going to do shit for her. So Jeanette was like, uh, no. (laughs) It's a hard pass, Chipotle. And part of the reason was she was obviously having a hell of a time finding work. Because when she'd go and apply places, she had to say, well, 
yeah, I was fired from my last job. Yeah. And then what's the next logical question? Why were you fired? Uh, yeah. They say that I stole They'd from say, them. Exactly. Well, who's going to hire someone yeah. like that? She felt like her reputation was just awful now. So she was like, no thanks, Chipotle. You can keep your $1,000. Yeah. I'll see you in court. And that's exactly where she saw them. (laughs) So right off the bat in this trial, there were a few things that both sides could agree on. Both sides said that Jeanette had been really good at her job. She was a great general manager. She worked hard. She was loyal to the company. All of her performance reviews were just fantastic. But then came the disagreements. Chipotle's lawyer, Robert Hinckley, said she was well-liked. She was a valued employee, but she violated that trust by taking the money. He talked about the video evidence. He said that five people in Chipotle's upper management had all watched the video and agreed that it clearly showed Jeanette stealing money from the safe. So I wasn't able to find as many articles on this trial as I wanted to, but I believe these five people served as witnesses and told the jury about it. Yeah. So that, you know, they talk about what they saw in the footage and, you know, you'll just have to trust them because after they watched it, the footage went bye-bye. That's ridiculous. They shouldn't even get to talk about it in court if they can't produce it. Well, it was an honest mistake that that footage went, Brandy, Brandy, (laughs) hold on, hold on. You're starting to sound like Jeanette's lawyer. No, um, Robert says that the video was lost due to a mistake. Hmm. (laughs) Jeanette's attorney was Warren Pabujan. Hang on. Let me try this again. Let me spell this. P A B O O J I A N. I I YouTubed like an ad for yeah. him. Pabujian. Yeah. Pabujian. Pabujian. I think it is. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Warren. I think the world of you. Okay. So Jeanette's attorney was Warren Pabujian, and he was like, "Cute story, Chipotle. I don't buy it." He told the jury that Chipotle destroyed the video evidence. And those five witnesses who said they watched the tape? Full of shit. So apparently, this is so interesting to me. When they testified, they said that they'd seen Jeanette, like, take the envelope out of the safe, take the money out of the envelope, fan the bills. Show that there's exactly (laughs) $636. And then she, like, winked at the camera. That she looked over her shoulder to make sure no one was watching her. Oh my gosh. And Warren was like, that's dumb. Yeah. No. <laughs> this, is, this is bullshit. She's like, if you know, as she knows, that there's a surveillance camera watching you, why do you look over your shoulder? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And like, to my knowledge, he didn't talk about fanning the money, but I think that's dumb too. If you're the one who put the money you in the exactly envelope. What's there. You know there. You don't, like, waste time fanning it like you're Donald Duck. Uh-uh. Like, what do you, strip your clothes and roll in it? I mean, like, it's that's... Scrooge McDuck. Oh, Kristen. that's right. Donald Duck didn't have the... <laughs> I wondered why you looked at me like that. <laughs> do you remember that scene where, like, he'd he'd jump into yeah, his Yeah, into the swimming coins? pool of coins. Yes. yes. Which... If, Sounds painful, but I guess he was a great, but he loved it. (laughs) 
So then Warren called former Chipotle assistant manager Mike Hunsick. Mike Hunt? Then Warren called... (laughs) Please, no dirty jokes on the podcast. Warren called former Chipotle assistant manager Mike Hunsacker to the stand. That's the worst. That's his name. Hey, there's a, there's a there's a space there that you're losing. It's Mike Pause Hunsacker. Very sorry, Mike. <laughs> so Mike and Jeanette worked together closely. He helped count the receipts every day. And Mike said that he last saw that money on December 30th. Mm. And of course, mm, Chipotle's claiming he, she took it on the 29th. Mm-hmm. Someone was lying here. Yeah, it's Chipotle. According to Warren, yeah, it was the Chipotle workers. <laughs> he was like, the only reason that the Chipotle witnesses testified the way they did was so that they could save their own jobs. Yeah. They're not telling the truth. Warren told the jury that this wasn't about $626. Chipotle wanted to fire her because she'd filed that worker's comp claim mm-hmm. for her job-related injury. They wanted to get rid of her. That's why they fired her. It wasn't because she stole money. She didn't steal anything. Mm-hmm. Warren asked the jury to award Jeanette at least $10 million. He said that what they'd done to her was evil and un-American. Mm-hmm. But Chipotle's lawyer was like, whoa, hey, no, no, no. Don't get it twisted. Everyone at Chipotle loved Jeanette. They supported her through four pregnancies and four workers' comp claims. She betrayed Chipotle by stealing from them. So I want to pause here because I don't like that he brought up four pregnancies Mm -hmm. and four workers' comp claims. For many reasons. But, like, I've, I've noticed sometimes when employers talk about how good they are, they're like, well, you know, she, she was out for these three pregnancies. That's the way biology works. Women carry the babies. I wish we could switch it around. Exactly. It's not a choice we're making. (laughs) (laughs) And I just... (laughs) I hate that maternity leave and paternity leave are seen as like fancy boy perks. Oh, yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. It should be... It's a necessity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. We're such a good company because... We allowed we allowed her to take off time when she had four whole children. Yeah, we didn't have to do that. (laughs) Robert was like, "Look, I don't know why she stole from this beloved colon cleansing restaurant, (laughs) but I can tell you that in 2014, when this all went down, she'd fallen on hard times. So I mentioned before that she and her husband had nine children." Mm And in the fall of 2014, apparently she asked a relative for a loan. She needed help paying her electric bill. Mm -hmm. And also, they had to move from their house to an apartment. And also, 
She told one of her coworkers that she had to get a second job because she needed money. Mm-hmm. But Warren was like, don't be ridiculous. Lots of people live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and $600 isn't going to... No, it's the, not going to do the anything. The risk does not outweigh the reward. No, like, no. She would not sacrifice her job for right. $600, which would what? Pay her electric bill, probably, if she's got nine people living in a house? No, her electric bill... Okay, I didn't write this down, but I want to say her electric bill was $1,700. Fuck! Yes. Oh, my God. My electric bill is like $170 in the winter, and I hate it. I know. It's like... She's living in California, though. <laughs> Even electricity's more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so Warren's just like... Look, lots of people are strapped for cash. Lots of people fall on hard times. That doesn't make them a thief. Correct. Yeah. Can you imagine if everyone who was tied on money just stole yeah. from their jobs? Oh, my gosh. In his closing argument, Warren said that being called a thief made Jeanette feel worthless. She couldn't sleep. She was humiliated. The jury of four men and eight women deliberated for four hours. What do you think they found? Mm, I think they found in her favor and awarded her a small amount of money, $800,000. Okay. They found in favor of Jeanette. She was not a thief. She was a victim of Chipotle's scheme to fire and defame her. They awarded her $1,000. $1,000? You're fucking lying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> no, they awarded her a little over $7.9 million. <gasps> Good. Yes. So she got $6 million for emotional distress mm-hmm. and $1.97 million for loss of past and future wages. Good. A few days later, the jury came back to court to determine punitive damages. But before... and. I mean, this could have been huge. Yeah. But before the jury could reach a decision, Chipotle's lawyers went over to Jeanette's legal team and they were like, uh, you guys uh, you guys want to settle? Because uh, we will pay you more than $1,000 this time. Mm-hmm. This time, the settlement offer was actually tempting. They offered to pay Jeanette's court costs, her attorney's fees, plus however much extra just for her. Yeah. And they said they wouldn't appeal. Jeanette took the offer and settled for an undisclosed amount. But I hope it was a ton. Me too. And I bet it was a ton. I bet it was too. After it was all over, Warren said that the jury's verdict sends a message to corporate America that you need to treat your employees fairly and honestly. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Ugh. I wish I could find more on her. She really, yeah. she really didn't speak to the media much. Her lawyer did right. pretty much all the talking from what I saw. But oh my God. Oh my gosh. That's I felt nuts. so bad for her. Yeah. It just seemed like she was a very by the book Very much so. And oh. Yeah. Do you think that's going to make people not want to eat Chipotle? No. I don't either. No, because to me... At least I'm hoping. It sounds more isolated. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds more shitty and isolated. Whereas, like <clears throat> the subway one, that was a big national scandal. Oh yeah. Corporate offices knew about it, according to the lawsuits. 
um, and then McDonald's again, yeah, like was, McDonald's corporate knew corporate that those knew that those hoaxes were going yeah. on. Yeah. So I don't know, Jessica. Jessica, let us know. Did we yeah. ruin Chipotle for you? No. I think I'd still eat it. I'm not a huge Chipotle fan. I'm not either. And I'm sorry. I was so excited when they came out with their like queso. Oh, I've not had it. Is it gross? I've heard it's disgusting. And I don't know how you mess up, mess queso. up queso. No kidding. I've never had a bad queso. Here's my problem with um, Chipotle. Okay. I'm one of those people. You don't like cilantro? Cilantro tastes like oh. soap to me. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah, then that pretty much ruins it. Yeah. Do they do a cilantro free rice? I don't think so. You'd think they would. You would think they would. Because, yeah, like, I can't remember what percentage of the population. Mm-hmm. It's like either it tastes delicious yeah. or it, it tastes straight like soap. It tastes like soap. It tastes like soap to me. It's a whole, there's a whole science behind it. Yeah. And it's like a something weird biological thing. But, yeah, it tastes like soap to me. Well, you're a freak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was expecting you to argue with me, but no. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Would you like to talk about a horrible accident? You've been doing this to me a lot lately where it's like, oh, it's this thing. But was it but really? Was it really? Maybe I, it's this thing. I always feel so uncomfortable, so conflicted, <laughs> but I enjoy it immensely. So go ahead. All right, let's go. Clara Harris was fucking pissed. She couldn't find her husband, David. Clara had recently discovered that David was having an affair, but the two had decided to work it out. And on this particular night, July 24th, 2002, he was supposed to be meeting with his mistress to break things off. Oh, boy. Only David wasn't at the restaurant he told Clara he'd be at, nor was he at any of the other places she knew him to frequent. So now Clara was driving around town furiously looking for David with his teenage daughter from a previous marriage in tow. Oh, no, that you don't need to drag her along. Yeah, probably not. No. This feeling of anger and betrayal was a new one for Clara, because up until just recently, when David broke the news of the affair, she thought she'd had the perfect life. David and Clara met in 1991 and married on Valentine's Day, 1992. They were both in the dental field. Clara was a dentist and David an orthodontist, and they built a successful chain of practices in and around Houston, Texas. They owned a large, immaculate, white brick home in the affluent suburb of Friendswood. (laughs) 
Remember, that's where Andrea Yates lived. Okay, when I they was lived like, in Houston. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, they had this great home there. They were raising their twin sons, and then David's daughter Lindsay, um, from a previous marriage, lived with them during the summers. Uh, it was nothing short of idyllic. Clara, who had come to the United States from Colombia years earlier in search of the American dream, believed she had really found it. And so did everyone else. Everyone who knew the Harrises thought they were the perfect couple and the perfect family. Clara decorated their home and dental offices with endless pictures of the family that she updated every few months. She constantly told her patients how happy she was in her life and her marriage. Hmm. I found the one God reserved for me, she was often quoted as saying. And the people in her life, whether it was friends, patients, co-workers, whatever, all felt the love she held for David. It was always, David, 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 one of her co-workers said. I used to tell people that I wished I could be able to love my husband in the same way that Clara loved David. Wow. But unbeknownst to Clara, David had started to feel like he was coming third in her life. First were the children, second were the businesses, and then was David in third. So he was like, let's get counseling. Let's work this out. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. No. No. Oh, oh. Huh. Weird. Okay. So this is in his mind. He's third. But even as demanding as Clara's work schedule was and, you know, doing stuff for the kids, she made sure she was home by seven every night to make dinner and spend time with her family and then spend time with her husband. David was getting a little bit older, and according to friends, he was developing certain insecurities. He'd started to wear a a toupee to cover his thinning hair. So that, combined with his perceived lack of importance in his wife's life, made for a recipe for disaster. Well, the toupee is like red flag number one. David's office, Space Center Orthodontics, was just across the highway from the Johnson Space Center and saw up to 120 patients a day. It was, without a doubt, a booming business. And in August of 2001, a petite, pretty 39-year-old divorcee showed up at the Space Center Orthodontics looking for a job. Her name was Gail Bridges. So um, a lot of this information, most of this information, comes from um, uh, two articles written by our buddy Skip Hollinsworth for Texas Monthly. Yes, yes. Yes. This is how Skip described Gail. She had flawless alabaster skin, eyes as brown as almonds, Mm -hmm. and a pixie-ish Dorothy Hamill-like haircut. Compared with other neighborhood wives, her breast implants were not overly large. (laughs) That's not where I thought that was going. But yeah, good on you, Skip. You appreciate a realistic boob job. Gail had recently gone through a divorce and was trying to figure out what life looked like as a single mother living in a small home in a 
Wait for it, Kristen. Oh, no. Non-gated community. Oh, the horror. Cannot imagine. (laughs) People could just come and go. (laughs) She landed the job at the orthodontics office, and though she was only making about $1,800 a month, a far cry from the luxury she was used to prior her divorce... Prior to her divorce, she liked the job. I am sure she was making plenty of child support and okay. alimony. I was going to say, I mean, so she went from a gated community to a non-gated community, 1800 a month. That's, yeah. that's a hard fall. It is that's a, hard a hard fall. fall. Even is. if you've got those breast implants to bounce your back. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't overly oh, large, I'm, I'm sorry, Kristen. I'm sorry. I missed that part. <laughs> I will say there's nothing worse when you see them and they look like hard oh, yeah. and balloon-like. Yeah pass so she really even though she wasn't making that much money she really liked the job okay largely because she got along famously with the orthodontist david harris suddenly david was lingering at the front desk between patients and the other staff members noticed yeah one woman who worked in the office said that one time Gail dropped a file on the floor in front of Dr. Harris. And instead of like squatting down to pick it up like mm-hmm. a normal person, she bit in half at the waist so that she'd stick oh, her yeah. ass up in the air right in front of the doctor. It's called the bend and snap. <laughs> and the coworker remembered thinking, uh-oh, I see what's going on here. Uh-huh. By February of 2002... David was asking asking Gail to accompany him to lunch, and they became intimate sometime in April or May. They were meeting at the Nassau Bay Hilton for sex. David was paying cash for the room under a fake name. It was the same venue where David and Clara had held their wedding reception. No! Yeah. That is fucked up. It is fucked up. I mean, on so many levels. Yes. What, you only know of one hotel? Right, in Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Did he take the toupee off during sex? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I wish I did. Okay. Do you cut men's hair who wear toupees? No. No? You think maybe there's a dude who, like, pops it off before he comes into the salon? It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever cut anybody who wears it that I knowingly Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. That I'm like cutting to make sure their hairpiece fits in. Right. Yeah. So by the summer of 2002, everyone at the office knew something was. Knew something. (laughs) Peanut. (laughs) Brandy, she's defending us from some terrible things. We just have no idea what. We don't know what they are. Neither does she because she's not even looking outside. (laughs) (laughs) By the summer of 2002, everyone at the office knew something was going on between David and Gail. Let me tell you. Peanut. (laughs) Come on. Peanut. (laughs) Okay. Peanut. Peanut. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Let me tell you. Yeah. This is just, this is for our listeners. If you are in a secret relationship at work. Yeah. And you think people don't know. You're wrong. You are so (laughs) wrong. You're totally wrong. It's always so obvious. totally wrong. Yes. You're in this boring setting. Yeah. For minimum eight hours a day. 
Yeah. Let me tell you. Oh, I shouldn't tell you. I shouldn't say. Let me let me just say. Uh-huh. I always know. <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone at the office knows there's something going on. But no one wanted to admit it. Yeah. And because everyone liked David and everyone loved Clara. Yeah. And they were sure she had no idea. Yeah, that sucks. That really sucks. They also felt that Gail's intentions were clear. She saw David as her ticket back into the life that she had known with her husband. The life of a stay-at-home mom who lived in a big house in a gated community and had luncheons with the other stay-at-home moms. You think so? You you don't think that it's possible that she just... I think it is possible that yeah. she liked the attention. This is uh, this is not my opinion, okay, Kristen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if everyone's saying that David, you know, was a nice guy and everything. Yeah. Like, although it is hard to imagine someone who has who's hot and has nice natural breast implants going for the toupee, toupee guy. But guy, hey, yeah. you know, that's just me. Yeah, my husband's got a beautiful head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's very nice hair, <laughs> and it's cut so nicely. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> By July of 2002, David's employees had had enough. Yeah. They decided they were going to confront him. After he returned from a Jamaican vacation over the 4th of July holiday, they sat him down and told him they knew all about the affair. Whoa. Yes. And he was open with them. He admitted what he had done, but said he loved his wife and was determined to fix his marriage. But when someone suggested that he needed to fire Gail, mm-hmm. David balked. He was like, I can't fire her. I I could never do that. He was too emotionally involved. Oh. Huh. So when he said, I want to work on my marriage. Yeah. Was this like, I've my wife knows and we're working on it? No. Or oh. Okay, okay. So this is, everyone, please shut up. Shut up, yes. I will pretend that I'm hearing everything you're saying and really taking it to heart. But I'm going to continue doing what I want to do. You know what? As hard as this conversation has been, I'm glad you came to me. I'm so glad you guys came to me before going to Clara. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, I'd like to fire all of you. Days went by after that confrontation from the staff at Space Center Orthodontics and little changed. Mm-hmm. Gail was still working there. Clara still knew nothing about the affair. They're all in the same workplace or I know you said they had different. Clara works at a different okay. office. Okay. But Gail yeah. works at the office where David works and it was the staff at that office yep. that confronted yep. David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after this confrontation though, the guilt and the fear of someone spilling the beans started weighing on David. Mm-hmm. Um, and on July 17th, he sat Clara down and told her everything. She was devastated. And she was pissed. Yeah. She immediately went to the office and fired Gail on the spot and Whoa. said she was never allowed to step foot back inside the building. Whoa. Yes. Okay. But then... Clara did something that many women do after they find their husbands have been cheating on them. She blamed herself. 
She made a list of things she thought were wrong about her, and she went to work fixing them. She stopped eating and dropped 15 pounds. She put a $5,000 down payment down on liposuction and breast augmentation at a local plastic surgeon. She hired a personal trainer. She got a membership at a tanning salon. She got her hair done. She told her friends that she was determined to win David back. That's so sad. And so true. Yeah. It's exactly what women do. Yeah. Yeah. Well... In a way, it's so much scarier if it's something you can't control at all. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But then again, it's like, God, what are you going to go your whole life never eating cheesecake? Yeah, man. If that's not a world I want to live in. Take me out. Take me out now. (laughs) A few days after the news of the affair broke, Clara and David walked into the orthodontics office after having lunch, holding hands. They announced to the staff that they were going to make it. Everyone was thrilled. Then, the following week, David and Clara sat down with his parents and his teenage daughter and told them all about the affair. It was part of the healing process, Clara said. I'm I'm sorry. If you guys can hear a ton of moving around, Peanut is walking everywhere. She's doing her own thing. (laughs) She's getting her steps in. She is getting, she's got a Fitbit on her paw. Um, No, she's mad because she was barking a lot. I don't know what I'm going to cut from this episode, but if I cut this last part, she was barking a lot. Norman called her upstairs and I'm guessing she waited for Norman to get really engrossed in a video game and then she came came back downstairs. (laughs) So they sit down with David's parents and his daughter and Clara makes him come clean to them. She said it was an important part of her healing process. She needed everyone to know what had gone on. Um, And it was difficult, but David did it. He understood it was something that she needed. But then David had a request for Clara. He needed to meet with Gail. He needed to explain to her that it was over. No. That he was sorry and that none of it was her fault. No. No. Why Im- would you need to? It was an important part of his healing process, Kristen. Bullshit. And she Clara? knows it's over. Yeah. I she think knows. she got the picture. And she knows why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> I guess he was married the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And Clara reluctantly agreed. Oh. David set the meeting with Gail for July 24th at Perry's, the same restaurant they'd had all of their clandestine lunches at. But as the day grew near, Clara grew more and more uneasy about the idea of David meeting with Gail. She began to worry. So on the 23rd, she called Bobby Baca, B-A-C-H-A, Baca, Bacha, owner of Blue Moon Investigations. Clara had picked the agent at random. She'd seen an, the agency at random. She'd seen an ad that said, need a clue? Call Blue. Yep. Okay. Sold. She said she needed someone to tail her husband at dinner the following night. She wanted them to get a table near him so they could overhear what David told Gail. Wow. Oh, I love Clara. Yeah. Yes. Blue Moon agreed to take the job and assigned one of their young investigators to the case. It would be an easy one. Just listen and report back. Clara filled out a form, listed both David and Gail's names, paid a fee, and left. Bobby, the owner, glanced at the form quickly. 
thought she might have recognized Gail's name briefly, but then thought nothing of it. It turns out that Bobby did recognize the name. She had actually investigated Gail prior to her divorce. What? Okay, so this is unrelated, but super interesting. Okay. So Gail had this best friend, Julie. And back when she was still married, Gail's husband and Julie's husband were also good friends. Okay. So like the couples were friends, the guys were friends, the girls were friends. Somehow, the two husbands got it in their heads that Gail and Julie were having some kind of lesbian relationship. So they hired Blue Moon to follow the women around and try and prove it. Whoa. For the record, Bobby could never find any proof that there was anything going on other than a normal friendship. Huh. So at this same time, Gail and Julie start thinking both of their relationships are headed toward divorce. Things had gotten weird. Well, yeah, they were being tailed by someone. I'm sure things Um, were weird. Things had gotten weird. They're like, I don't know. I think my marriage might be ending. Both of them are thinking this. And in Texas, assets are split 50-50 in a divorce unless you can prove adultery. Mm. At which time you can petition for up to 90%. Of the assets. Ooh. Okay. So Julie was pretty sure her husband Chuck was cheating on her. Uh So she and Gail went to Blue Moon and hired (laughs) Bobby to investigate (laughs) Chuck. Oh, my God. So this is actually the third case Uh at Blue Moon that Gail had been somehow involved in. Don't you wonder how often stuff like this happens? It's got to be fairly often because the type of people who need your services are probably kind of connected. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's weird. So I've not really related, but I thought it was super interesting. Okay, so now we're back up to the night of July 24th, 2002. Clara is fucking pissed, remember? Mm -hmm. She can't find David. He's not at any of the restaurants they typically frequent. So she called Blue Moon and asked if their investigator had been able to tail him. Yeah. Yes, they had. The investigator had tailed him all the way to the Nassau Bay Hilton. No. Clara lost her fucking mind. Well, yeah, because she probably didn't know they'd been hooking up at their marriage venue. for Yeah. uh. Yeah. I guess they call that a wedding venue, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she hops in her silver S-Class 430 Mercedes sedan. Mm, and same. Yes. <laughs> David's daughter is in the passenger seat. No, no. Why do you do that? And they book it over to the Hilton. Right. She whips into the parking lot. Hold on. How is How old is the daughter? 16. No. Yeah. She whips into the parking lot and there is Gail's Lincoln Navigator. Does she, like, plow into it? She loses her fucking mind and goes nuts on the yes. car. She busts out the taillights. Oh. She keys it. Breaking she, dishes up in here. She rips night. the uh, windshield wipers off and, like, bends them. Yes! It's, like, oh. superhuman strength. They said that they, like, they talk. So part of this also comes from an episode of Snapped. Well, and sure it they does. they talk about it on the Snapped episode uh-huh. about how, like, People have tried to bend those, and it's, like, impossible to do with your bare hands. (laughs) And this little tiny dentist did it in a fit of rage. Okay. I hate that the daughter was there to see it. Yes. But other than that, I love it. The other day, Kyla sent me a meme Uh that was, you know, Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development Uh 
watching Snapped <laughs> and she's holding a martini mm-hmm. and she says, girl, I get it. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> yes. Love it. Then she and Lindsay go into the hotel mm-hmm. and they ask for David at the desk. But shocker, there's no one registered mm. under the name David Harris. Yeah. So Clara and Lindsay come up with this idea that they will each call them, call him from their personal cell phones, mm-hmm. and they'll say that there's something wrong with the twins and that he needs to come home. Oh, shit. So Lindsay calls. She tells him. Clara calls. She tells him. He tells both of them uh-huh. that he is at Papa Doe. Oh, yes! <laughs> Remember Papa Doe? The do. seafood restaurant you had never heard of from that... Which episode is it? It's the one where the guy kills his family. Well, he hired his good buddies. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so he's like, hey, I'm at Papa Doe. I'll leave now. I'll head home. See you in a few. Now I really want to go to Papa Doe. Right? It's like <laughs> where you go for all your criminal needs. So they get off the phone with him. And a moment later. He comes running down the stairs. The elevator opens. Mm. And out of it steps David and Gail mm-hmm. arm in arm. And all hell broke loose right there in the lobby of the Hilton. What witnesses remember is Clara lunging at Gail and screaming, you bitch, he's my husband. Oh, my God. Then she slapped at Gail, grabbed her shirt and tore it off. What? What? She also shouted, this is Dr. David Harris and he is fucking this woman. Yes, in the middle of the lobby of the Hilton. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? At the same time, Lindsay, the 16-year-old daughter, runs over to her father, and she starts hitting him with her purse and screaming, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. No one grabbed his toupee, though. I don't believe so. I feel like that missed opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity. Okay. Amazing. Hotel employees tried to intervene. Better to but step back. Clara, her rage building, kept grabbing at Gail. Yeah. At one point, she and Gail were like pulling on opposite ends of Gail's shirt like a game of tug of war. <laughs> okay, if I were a Hilton employee, I might just take a step right. back and be like, there's it, not I enough popcorn. let this work itself yeah. <laughs> Finally, according to one witness who was there, David, like, put his hand on his wife's head mm-hmm. and pushed her to the ground mm-hmm. and then grabbed Gail oh. and left. Oh. And went out to the, the car. The confrontation seemed to have ended. Hotel employees walked Clara and Lindsay back to the Mercedes, which was in a different parking lot, and asked them to leave. Yeah. Clara started the car, and then she saw oh, in the no. other parking lot. Oh, no. She, David oh, no. and Gail. She gunned the engine and raced towards the parking lot where her husband was standing with Gail. The Mercedes glanced off of the navigator then hit David before he could get out of the way, propelling him 25 feet across the lot. Oh, no. Witnesses said they heard Lindsay screaming. They saw her open the door and try and get out of the car. But Clara again aimed her car 
and pressed the accelerator. Oh, no. And ran over David. Oh, God. The Mercedes bounced twice as the front tires and then the back tires rolled over him. She whipped the car around, hit the accelerator again. She did it again? And drove over her husband a second time. Oh, no. Then she did another 180 and ran him over a third time before coming to a stop. According to witnesses, Lindsay then got out of the car, rushed around the driver's side, and punched Clara in the face. Wow. Then she collapsed on the ground and sobbed. When Clara got out of the car, she seemed disoriented. She didn't know what to do. Yeah. She finally walked over to her husband. She stared at him, and then she began to sob. Hmm. Before the police arrived to arrest her, she cradled him in her arms and begged him to breathe. I'm so sorry, she was heard saying over and over. David, I'm so sorry. I love you. Oh, my God. Where was Gail in all this? She was still standing there. Yeah. Wow. Claire Harris was arrested and charged with murder. Oh. So, did she intentionally kill her husband, or was it a horrible accident? How is that an accident? Or was it a fit of rage? Fit of rage, check that box, and (laughs) killed her husband. Not a horrible accident? How could that be an accident? Well, you see, Clara said she was simply trying to hit Gail's car and destroy it. And David just happened to be in the way. All three times? She says she only ran him over once and that she didn't know that she had even done it. How do you not know that you've done it? Yeah. Um, Claire's trial began in February of the following year. Lindsay testified against her. Yeah. Claiming that she told her to stop the vehicle. Yeah. The prosecution claimed Claire's actions were malicious and that she'd wanted to murder him. But the defense maintained that it was a crime of passion. Yeah, I agree with that. So immediately after she was arrested, she gave a police interview where she said that she, you know, had intended to damage Gail's car. Right. And that deep down she did think that she wanted to hurt David. Right. But that it had never crossed her mind to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And that was videotaped, obviously. Mm -hmm. But Clara's defense attorney, who was George Parnham, do you remember that name? No. He's Andrea Gates' attorney. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. So he managed to keep that out of trial. How? That statement. He got her whole police interview deemed inadmissible. Wow. He's good. He is good. But what wasn't inadmissible was a little video that had been captured by... The Hilton? The private investigator (gasps) that was sitting in the parking lot tailing David. Oh, Oh my. Yep. So it's just part of Blue Moon's policy Uh that when you're tailing someone 
anytime you can get them on videotape, you do it. And okay. so the entire interaction in the parking lot was videotaped. Oh, my god! And it was played in court for the jury. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty damning. The video showed the Mercedes circling the parking lot mm-hmm. three times. But you can't see David on the video. You can't see exactly where his body was. Okay. Which the defense wanted to use in their favor. They um, hired this um, consulting firm to put together a reenactment and prove that David could have been run over a single time Mm -hmm. and that it was completely by accident and that the other... the two more times that she circled, she didn't hit him, couldn't have hit him. Okay. Okay. It was not allowed in court. Why not? I don't know the reason, but the judge did not allow the reenactment. He could, they could only explain what they had done uh-huh. and then have the consultant, the expert say what they thought that that meant, but they couldn't actually show the reenactment. Huh? Yeah. The medical examiner testified that there was clear tire tracks running over David's chest. Right. And that his ribs had essentially been crushed sure. by it. But, again, kind of working in the defense's favor, there was only a single set of tire marks over him. Wow. Yes. But the prosecution told the jury that... That just meant that she simply drove over him in the exact same spot all three times. No. 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 That's That's dumb. Yeah. No. Yeah. The prosecution admitted that, you know, yes, they could only prove that there was one time, but she definitely ran him over three times. You can tell because she does the circling. And really, so a lot of that had to be left up to what the jury decided to Uh believe, right? Yeah. Clara's attorney advised her not to take the stand. Oh, but she did it anyway. She watched several days of testimony, Uh and then she decided she had to speak. She couldn't sit there and not explain her point of view. However, by her taking the stand, that allowed her initial police interview... (gasps) To be played in court. Oh, shit, no. The stress of it caused her attorney to collapse in court. What? They had to bring in a stretcher and wheel him out. They had to to go into recess for the day. Yeah, because she was like, no, I'm testifying. He's like, please don't do it. Please do not do this. I cannot defend you if you go up there. Yeah. He collapsed in court. Oh. The poor guy. The poor guy. Yeah. So she testifies and mm. they play they play the part of her police interview where she right. said she wanted to hurt him. And they did not play the part where she said, but I never wanted to kill him. Yeah. Of course. And she explains her whole thing in court about how she was only trying to damage Gail's car. She never had intended to hurt anyone. Oh, God. She had a slam dunk case. Uh 
So at the end of her trial, the jury found her guilty. They found her guilty, but they found her guilty of a crime of sudden passion rather Mm. than first or second degree murder. Okay. So she was sentenced to a maximum of 20 years in prison on February 14th, 2003. Their wedding anniversary. (laughs) Your face right now. (laughs) Um, that fits for me, a crime of sudden passion. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree that it's a crime of sudden passion. Yeah, I don't think she went yeah. over there like, and now I'm going to run him over. Yeah, yeah. So this became huge news in Texas. It uh-huh. was like a really big deal. Like there were pulling a Clara Harris became like a uh-huh. thing that women said they were going to do. Like, oh my yeah, God. yeah, I'm going to pull a Claire Harris. Like, Jeez. yeah. Um, there were lots of people who didn't believe that Clara had no idea that her husband was having an affair or that she was um, there was no way she believed her life was as perfect as they made it seem. To Why? Everybody. Why did they feel that way? Because how could you not know? How could you not know your husband was having an affair? How could you not know? All of that stuff. And I would tell you that um, uh, until a month ago, I would have been exactly with those people. How could you not know? How could you? How could you think your life was perfect? But uh, I'm Clara Harris. I legitimately thought I had the perfect life. And then a month ago, I found out my husband was having an affair. And it's been the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but unlike Clara. I was going to say, you're not Clara Unlike Harris. Clara, um, I asked him to move out of my house and I filed for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't run anybody over. I did not run anybody over. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think it's interesting that there were a lot of people in a lot in some of the articles that I read that were like, you could... How could you be that naive that you don't know that your husband's having an affair? Let me tell you, it can be done. I, yeah, when people say that kind of stuff, how could you not know? How could you not know? I just feel like, man, you are jinxing yourself big time. Yeah. Because in so many situations, the way you figure it out, the way you would have to have figured it out is to be looking through someone's phone constantly um follow them be suspicious as hell all the time and and what kind of life is that yeah it's no life yeah it's no life you don't yeah. trust anything i i mean yeah i completely trusted my husband and yeah. i was wrong yeah 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 <sighs> i'm I'm glad you're talking about this. Yeah, I, I, um, so this case is super personal to me because it's so much like what I just went through. And I didn't know if I was going to say anything about it being so similar to, like, were you listening to me, like, saying it? Like, so, because obviously you know everything I've been going through. Can you imagine if I was finding (laughs) out now? Um, I would have pooped myself. (laughs) No, but like, when you came over today, you were like, I think I'm I think I'm going to say it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I I don't know. I thought it was coming earlier. Yeah. So I was I was totally off base. But yeah. um 
I just want to say that you're a rock star because you've you've dealt with this with so much more class and dignity than I think 90% of people would. And like the week that, holy crap, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Why am I going to cry? <laughs> I just remember the week that it happened thinking, yeah. I am so proud to call you my friend. Thank you. Because you were going through absolute hell and yet you weren't saying I want to run somebody over. You weren't, I mean, like, you know, you were, you were dealing with it. Yeah. Thank you. It's been hard and it's been something I never expected to go through in my life. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I know I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> like, and if someone didn't appreciate that about me, then that's on them. Yeah. Yeah. It fucking is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm holding back. What? <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. Say whatever you want. You're Kristen. right. And we can we can cut whatever yeah. we want. Um hmm. What I want to say is <laughs> No. Okay, what do I want to say? On the record. Wouldn't it be funny if we bleeped that thing I just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love you to death. I think you're a fantastic, wonderful person. I've thought that since elementary school. And so I hate that you've gone through this, but I'm so excited for what's ahead of you because whatever's ahead of you is going to be real. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And um, thank you for... You've been such a support to me during all of this. And thank you. I love you. What that. else would I, I love be? You. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell else would I be? Um, sorry to get so serious on our comedy podcast. I really just wanted to let people in on a little bit of what's been happening in my life. Did you and feel this, weird not talking? I did. It felt yeah. super weird, like just pretending it wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, because it's not like we get on here and we say everything about our lives. No, but, but we say a lot about our lives. Well, and boy, we have had to cut the last section of the podcast up every week when it's like, <laughs> what do you got going on? You know what I you got know going what on. I got going on. <laughs> How dare you ask me that question? <laughs> no, but I'm I'm glad it's out in the open and yeah. you know. Yeah, me too. It feels good to have it just out there. Yeah. Yeah. And now everyone knows why you changed your hair because That's right. That's the law. When a big I mean, life change happens. What do you, you think, think of it? I love it. I love it. It looks so good. Thanks. I it love it so too. Good. Should we describe it to people? Sure. You describe sure. it. Sure. Okay. So it's um it's a lob. It's like a long angled bob. Mm-hmm. And um it is I've got like a nice, a nice rich dark root down to some nice caramely balayaged ends. It's very, very pretty. Thank you. Yes. Um I had had the blue for like four years, so it was definitely time for a change. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and loving now, it. If you're on trial for murder, you know, That's you're right. already. Like, <laughs> you're good. You're re- good to go. <laughs> okay. Let me finish a little bit about Clara okay, here real yeah. quick. Okay. So she, um, 
was sentenced to 20 years in prison, which um, well, up to 20 years in prison, which right. is the maximum sentence for a crime of sudden passion. And she was fined $10,000. She was incarcerated in Gatesville, Texas, and she was a model prisoner while she was there. I bet she was. She converted textbooks to Braille for blind wow. students. <laughs> yeah. Um, she first became, became eligible for parole in 2012, but she was turned down. Over the next five years, she was turned down three more times. Wow. Um, apparently, some uh, members of David's family had written letters to the parole board saying that Clara didn't deserve mercy and that she should serve her full 20-year sentence and be released in 2023. Hmm. But then in 2016, 2017, somewhere in there, she got a new parole attorney, Kevin Stewie of San Antonio. And he came up with a new strategy. At her parole hearing in October of 2017, he brought her two sons. So she had those twin boys. They're, yeah. They were, at that time, they were 19 years old, and they were in college in Texas. And they had been coming to the prison every month for the last 15 years. Wow. Without fail. Wow. To visit their mother. So the, the boys told the parole board that, yes, they had lost their father. But at the same time, they had lost their mother, who they loved deeply, that made them victims twice. Mm -hmm. And they just wanted some time with their mother. And in November of 2017, she was granted parole. Wow. And she was released on May 11th, 2018. Um, when she was released, she was inundated with requests for interviews, um, going on all these talk shows and yeah. stuff. She turned all of them down. Yeah. She said all she wants to do is make up for lost time with her boys. Wow. Yeah. Um, because of her conviction, she can no longer practice dentistry. So. Okay. Am I, am I like a sick freak here? Because I kind of feel like, I don't know. I hear about a crime like this and I'm not afraid of that person. Maybe I should I, be. I mean, no, I, I think because... Clearly, it was a crime of passion, and she if she was in yeah. the correct state of mind, she never would have done that. And I think from the minute she did it, she expressed remorse. Yeah. She didn't deny that she had done it. Yeah. She did say it wasn't her intention, which I believe it probably wasn't her intention. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that's the story of Claire Harris. And I think it makes even more sense to me. When you think about it from from that perspective of mm -hmm. like your perspective of yeah, I thought I had everything I wanted in life. I thought things were perfect. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like that, like it that, it changes. It's all gone. It's it too was, much for your head. It you know? was an illusion. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How bad would I be at poker? Honest to God. <laughs> You have a terrible poker face, Kristen. <laughs> you know what I keep thinking of? What? Is, um, so did you ever watch, oh shit, what was the name of that show? It was on Comedy Central, um, Key and Peele. I loved Key and Peele. Okay. Do you remember Obama's anger translator? Yes. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> Luther. Yes. yes. <laughs> I want to be a Luther right now. The problem is you're too classy. <laughs> well, that was a good one. Yeah, I thought that case was um, amazing. And 
I, I mean, I think that she definitely deserved to serve time. Oh, she took well, yeah, life, she did. But I'm glad that she, you know, gets to now spend some time with her children. And I think she's paid her debt. And how long was she? 15 with? years. Yeah, that seems about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, as for show notes. What do you got? I must us? tell you. Well, you already know this. And anyone who has liked our Facebook page knows this because my sister was just so thrilled. So I guess by the time this comes out, it will have been two weeks since uh-huh. the episode where you made fun of my cell phone. Yes. For being ancient. and yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I defended my cell phone. Uh-huh, I recall. The morning that episode came out. So my sister always listens in the morning. And my mom listens in the morning, too, usually the day the episode comes out. Well, that day I was supposed to meet them for lunch. And my trusty, beautiful, spanking new phone, (laughs) that day, the day when you had publicly made fun of my phone, it just stopped receiving text messages. Oh, my gosh, do you think it heard me? (laughs) It couldn't send them, couldn't receive them. It was a mess. And so I was like, Norman, something is wrong with my phone. I need you to text my mom and Kyla and just let them know that like, if, if they need to contact me, they have to go through you. So he told them, and I thought maybe I'd get sympathy. Instead, they were like, ha, 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 Brandy made fun of her today for that old phone. Um, so in case anyone's concerned, Norman did a factory reset on my phone. And we've started a GoFundMe account to get Kristen a new phone. <laughs> I since I still have not like bothered to sign in mm-hmm. to like Facebook and all that stuff yeah. on my factory reset phone. Yeah. I've um been spending more time more wisely. So excellent. Jokes on everyone else. Jokes on everyone else. <laughs> so that's my news for the week. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um I already just kind of spilled my news for the week. So. <laughs> that's your news for the year. That's, that's my I, I hope that's my news for several years to come. <laughs> No, you'll have good news. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I will. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so, I don't know if you saw this on our Facebook page, but your parents are spreading the word about us, Kristen. Okay. My parents have told me a few times that when they go RVing or they go out someplace, they'll they'll talk about either gaming historian or they'll talk about let's go to court. And I thought, well, that's going nowhere. No, turns out. Yes, they talked about us to some people that they met on one of their trips and they've started listening to the podcast and are really enjoying it and told about told us told other people about us. <laughs> You're so good with words, Brandy. So eloquent. So glad we're doing this. <laughs> No, it's so exciting. Yeah. So um, basically what I'm saying to you guys, our listeners, is please tell other people about us. (laughs) (laughs) We're begging you. (laughs) We're almost to that 1,000 goal. I think we need to break that down a bit. Oh, (laughs) I'm afraid 1,000 is like too big a leap. (laughs) How about we 200? 200. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'd love to I get guess <laughs> if not one thousand, we'll we'll settle for two hundred. Hey, Jeanette didn't settle for a thousand. That's right. You know what? We would like seven point nine seven million. That's Is that right? What, that was she ended that's up getting exactly plus right. an undisclosed number of ratings exactly after that. Right. So that's all we ask. Ooh, you guys better get on. <laughs> We've been podcasting for fourteen years now. That's right. 
87 Chipotle years. <laughs> um, yeah, so please head on over to iTunes. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And then find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Reddit. And then if you've done all that, don't forget to join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from an article in the Washington Post and two articles by Pablo Lopez for the Fresno Bee. And I got my info from Texas Monthly, an episode of Snapped, and Wikipedia. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.